Amen. Amen, right? Hey, let me ask you a question. Are you thankful for the name of Jesus? Are, are you thankful? Do you realize it's a blessing that you have the knowledge to call out the name of Jesus? Are you thankful that you know to say the word Jesus? Yeah, well then show it. Yeah, like right now, serious. Show it. Man, hey, it, it, is, it is by that name that we're saved. It's by that name that we pray. You know what the name of Jesus is? It is a strong tower. And when I run to it, I'm safe. When I run to it, I'm righteous. Are you grateful for the name of Jesus Christ? Amen. Man, talking about things to be thankful for. If you got the name Jesus, you, you've got eternity. You've got everything. Gosh, I wish we could get past that being a cliche and and really believe it, right? Hey, man, it's good to see everybody here. Good to have you joining us at Midlothian. I trust you've had an awesome time of worship as we have here. And uh, man, what what a morning. Are you thankful to be here? Thankful for the opportunity to worship. Amen. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try something here. It's going to sound very different than what we just came out of, but let, 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 I just want to see if this works, okay? Marco. Oh, it worked. Wow. Okay. I'm guessing we all know the game, right? That, that, that game we play in childhood in the swimming pool. And uh, if you are from another planet, welcome to Earth. It's good to have you here today and uh, just to bring you up to speed. And you are probably the only one who doesn't know based on the response we just had. That's that game in a swimming pool where somebody closes their eyes and they, they yell out Marco and everybody in the game is supposed to yell out Polo, and uh, and then with my eyes closed, I have to you know figure out. I got to hone in on your voice, figure out. Are any of y'all afraid right now? I'm going to fall over the front because because honestly, I am a little bit right now. I'm thinking, how close was I? Okay, you know, and and we're we're doing this to try to figure out so we can touch that person, or or we yell fish out of water, right? And if you got a toe in the water, you're not a fish out of water. But, uh, you know, we want to tag them so that they're it. By the way, you know, it's the easiest game in the world to cheat. I, I mean, seriously, have you ever played a game of Marco Plota that doesn't include, your eyes are open, right? I mean, that, that's how it works. Hey, I've got good news for you this morning, folks. God's never trying to hone in on your voice. God's never trying to figure out where you are and get to you and and touch you. God, God never has to look out in the vast expanse of the universe and say, Marco, and hope he gets a polo back from you. God, God doesn't have to do that because God is everywhere. He always hears. He always sees. God, you know, what, folks, here for God is everywhere. We're continuing today a a short series as we lead into Thanksgiving, looking at things we want to be thankful for, really studying again, looking at God afresh, and maybe remembering to give Him thanks for things maybe we hadn't thought about recently or, or thought about before. Last week, we said that we're thankful that God never has to say that was easy. Because the word easy, the word hard, that, that's irrelevant to him. Easy and hard are measurements on a spectrum of difficulty. They're measurements on a spectrum of effort. And nothing's too difficult for God. 
Now, you know what? You and I might look at some circumstances in our life, maybe even circumstances you're going through right now, and you're thinking, hey, God, if nothing's too too difficult for you, why wouldn't you, why couldn't you take care of this, solve this? But, But God promises, Psalm 138, verse 8, God promises he is fulfilling his purposes in your life. And because he's all-powerful, we have the promise in Job 42, verse 2, that nothing can thwart the purposes of God. Nothing can stop, nothing can undo the good that God is doing in your life right now. So we give him thanks, maybe in difficult circumstances. Man, Lord, I can't connect the dots, but I'm sure grateful for the promise you have all power and your purposes in my life will be accomplished. They will be fulfilled. And today we're, we're grateful that God doesn't have to say Marco. We're grateful that God doesn't have to listen for something, look for something to, to figure out where you are and what is going on in your life. But, but God is always here. And here for God is everywhere. Look up here at Psalm 139, verse 7 to 10. Where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? The implied answer is that place doesn't exist. There's nowhere I can go to to find that place. If I ascend to heaven, you're there. We're not too shocked to hear that, right? Heaven's where God is. Ah, but you know what? If I make my bed in Sheol, Sheol's a a Hebrew word, a Hebrew name that they refer to as the place of the dead. Not necessarily hell, but but the place of the dead. Well, God's there too. If I take the wings of the morning and I dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. You know, while this may be one of the most comforting attributes of God, I kind of find it to be one of the more difficult attributes to understand. Uh, Not not that I've got a perfect grasp on God having all power or, or God having all knowledge, omnipresent, omnipotent, but omniscient. That's just, that's just a big one to get our brain around, isn't it? That, that God is, that, that God is everywhere? I mean, folks, God's in the room right now, right? Do you believe that? Yeah, I think most of us do. Probably not all, but most of us do believe God's in the room right now and God's in the room at the church next door, right? And across the street, he's at that church in California, he's at that church in Canada, he's at that church in Mexico, he's at the church in Russia, he's at the church in China. This is the day that the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. In every church that's gathered today, God's there. And God is in the kitchen with all the people who didn't go to church. Shame on them! But God's there with them. And, and God's in the prisons. Hey, ready for this? God's on Mars. Don't have a clue what he's doing there. But God is on Mars. And God is in the black hole. And God is in heaven. God is everywhere. Now, we've just begun to plumb the depths of this incredibleness. Because it's not just that God's there. A hundred percent of God is there. It's, it's not that, well, God's somewhere and he's kind of real thick in the center, but then he thins out so he can, he can reach way out there to the end of the universe. I mean, I am 
I mean, I'm right here, right? But I'm also right there at the end of my fingertip. Now, you don't have a whole lot of me when you have my fingertip, but, but I am almost three feet over there also. That, that's, not what, that's not how to understand God. Don't, don't, and don't understand God as this really big being, and there's a part of him that's kind of the big center part, but then there's these parts out here way thinned out. No, no, a hundred percent of God is right here, right now. We have all of his attention, as does everyone else, everywhere else. Man, that's hard to grasp. You know, I have... I have some relationship with power, barely can measure it, but maybe that's why I can understand that God has all power. I have some relationship with knowledge, don't make any joke about that, but maybe that's why I can understand that God has all knowledge, but, but you and I have no relationship with a concept of being in more than one spot at a time, right? I mean, that's even a, that's even a little cliche, we, you can't be in two spots at once, I mean, you know, so I've got no, our physicalness, I think, makes this an attribute kind of difficult to grasp, d- d- difficult to understand that, that God is everywhere. And by the way, it makes God absolutely incomparable because no one or nothing else is everywhere, including Satan. We have to really be careful at times not to attribute to Satan qualities that are not his. Qualities that he does not have. Satan is in one spot, just like you and me. He might be here in the room, but if he's somewhere else, then he's not here. Now, he's got a demonic horde that serves his purposes, right? And, and that demonic horde will make his presence felt far and wide. But do you know what? Satan, with all of his demons, do not cover the universe. That, that they cannot cover everything. So they are not everywhere. Only God. Only God is everywhere. And it's this understanding of God that is a part of the reason that idolatry is a sin. Now, idolatry, when you and I hear that word, we probably tend to think of like, you know, what they did in the olden days, you know, they, they carved this idol out of wood or out of metal and then they set it there and then they bow down and start to worship. That, that's idolatry. Don't do that. That's bad. But, but we know that, that idols aren't just these things we carve and declare to be God. We can make idols out of a lot of different things, can't we? And yet, even then, I'm not talking about what I'm talking about now. We can use idolatry to wrongly worship the true God. As a matter of fact, I would dare say it is our nature to use idolatry because we're physical beings, right? It just If I can see it and touch it, it's just more real. And so we have a tendency to want to use idolatry to worship the one true God. That's why, probably I'm guessing most of us, I've, n- I've never done anything idolatrous I wonder, how many, I wonder how many of us in the room have ever looked at a picture of Jesus. Maybe you had one in your Bible or, you know, it was something you had on the wall. And you just felt like when you looked at that picture, you could, you could concentrate a little better. You, you could focus on him a little better. It, it helped you pray. I mean, you know that's not Jesus, but it help, helps me pray when, when I look at him. 
Maybe, maybe you held something. You had some kind of religious relic or, or symbol. And, you know, when I'm praying, when I'm, you know, doing, trying to think on the Lord, you know, when I hold that, that just kind of helps me. Makes, makes it, as a matter of fact, we treat buildings that way, right? In, in there a sense, I'm, I'm, I'm going to God's house, Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, and there's just this feeling that, that, that I'm a little closer, I think, to God when I'm in a building that has a sign out front that says the word church, that, that, that you know, somehow God is in there, and, and, and folks, we begin to limit, we begin to pour God into a physical structure and define that as God. And the reason God says that's a sin is not only is it dishonoring to Him, it's a disservice to us. We're doing ourselves a disservice. If I have to look at a picture of Jesus to, to focus on, what if I leave the room or move? And I need to pray. And i got to go get the picture and i got to move it over here to, to where I am. No, I don't need to move God to where I am. No, no, I don't, I don't need to go to a building to be where God really, really... I mean, I know He's with me at home. God's everywhere. But I mean, I need to go where He really, really, really... You're, you're limiting God. When we pour him into the physicalness of something and say, that, that's, where, that's where he is. You know, even Solomon, who, who built the great temple, the great temple of the Bible. And as he was praying that, that God's presence would inhabit that temple, man, in the middle of the prayer, he began to realize, this is, this is craziness what I'm asking for. It's craziness that I'm, I'm asking God to inhabit this temple. The earth can't inhabit God's presence. He says, he says in 1 Kings, man, Lord, can, can the earth contain you? No, man. The, the heavens, that, that where he's saying that, he's referring to the outer space. The heavens cannot contain you. The highest heavens cannot contain you. Folks, the universe is too small for God. He's popping out of it. Like some of you will be popping out of your clothes by the end of the holiday season. <laughs> Whole nother message on gluttony. We'll get to that in January. God's, seriously, God's too big for the universe. Do you remember that, that I don't even remember how long ago it was, that, that video I showed. I think it's been within the last year where we saw like the size of our sun. And, and boy, the sun's big, isn't it? The sun is a drop of water in the universe. Water and fire, that doesn't really mix. But anyway, it's super small. And you start going out to the next star and the next star. And it gets, I mean, there's stars out there that can hold a thousand suns. And you start thinking about the, the immensity of the universe and the size of the objects in the universe. And this is all too small for God. He is immense. He is huge. And yet he is right there in your room when you call out in prayer. Dear Lord. And you have all of his presence and attention. He's there with a smile on his face when you're celebrating and experiencing victory and enjoying. And, and he's there hurting. He's there grieving when the teardrop falls. Man, is he huge. But God, folks, God in all of that imminent transcendence is with you in your every place, your every moment, your everywhere, as small as that is. God's there with you. Now, God being there with us and since he's everywhere, that means God's with everybody, isn't it? 
Doesn't it mean that? And yet everybody doesn't experience that presence the same way, do they? As a matter of fact, there'll be a lot of people right now walking on this planet that have no experience, no knowledge with God's presence right now in this moment. Sometimes that's because of unbelief, right? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe in God. Since I don't believe in him, I, I don't believe in his presence. The believer cannot be experiencing God's presence because of doubt, because of, well, probably the big thing is sin, right? Sin causes a separation between me, not, not a relational separation, but a fellowship se- separation. You've got people in your life you love, you love with all your heart, you're going to relate with them, you're going to continue to relate with them, but you snap at them and they snap at you and now there's a little bit of a, a rift there and something's got to get corrected. The relationship isn't broken, but to enjoy the relationship, we got to fix something, Right? See, that's, that's what sin can do in my relationship with the God. As a child of God, I'm still a child of God, but now there's, this, there's a little bit of rift. And when I'm choosing sin, when sin is my greater desire, when sin is what I'm worshiping because I believe it will give me what I want, accomplish what I want in this moment, then in that moment, I'm not going to enjoy God's presence. Is he still everywhere present? Of course he is. I just have lost the ability to enjoy that for a moment. You know, actually, that'd be the definition of hell. That's when we permanently lose the ability. Right now, I temporarily might have an inability to, join, to enjoy God's presence, but in hell, I permanently... Hey, here's a, a neat kind of fun theological discussion for sitting over coffee. God is in hell. God will be in hell when that happens, which is kind of weird to think about because haven't you always heard that hell is where you, you don't have the presence of God? But there's not a place that God isn't. God's in hell. God's everywhere. God God can't withdraw his presence from something. It's his character quality. He is everywhere. What you have in hell is a total inability to ever again be able to know God's presence. And that's that's a huge deal. Folks, do you realize how many good things that you and I ask God for, thank God for, but the reason we can have those things and enjoy them is because he's everywhere present. I mean, guidance, right? I can know God's guidance because he is everywhere present. I mean, think about it. If he could only be in a couple of places, what if he was guiding you? What if he was helping you and I'm over here? Why are you helping them? Lord, they're never going to get it. Come over and help me. You know, no, God's everywhere. I don't know how he does it. Totally don't grasp this. I can have 100% of his attention. He is guiding me very specifically through my issue, my fear, my problem, and doing the exact same for you at the very same time. Guidance is something God can give because he's with you. His presence is something he can give. You know, Psalm 46.1 One of my favorite verses that I pray over you as a congregation. When I get an email, I get a note, somebody calls and lets us know you're you're in the hospital, you're going through this, you've experienced a loss. That, That is one of my most common prayers. Lord, may they know your presence in this time of trouble. Psalm 46.1 says that God is a very present help 
in the, in the time of our trouble. Some of you have heard me pray that over you, pray that with you. You know, the only thing worse than trouble is being all alone in it. There is something worse than trouble. It's being all alone in it. God, you promised you were a very present help in our trouble. God, I pray you fulfill that promise in their lives, in my life. God, I pray right now your presence is thick and they they know your glory. They know your presence. Something I pray for every Sunday morning. God, as we enter this house, because we don't all enter this house tuned into God, do we? No. No, we come and go, and sometimes I really feel it, sometimes I don't feel it at all. God, when we come in here, may we know your glorious presence and respond appropriately, right? But his presence, how, how could I enjoy his presence if he was busy at one of the other churches today? No, God is very present. Victory over temptation, I mean, he can give us that victory. He knows he's here. He knows what we're going through, what we're struggling with, how we're being tempted, how to to minister. You say, well, I don't always feel that. It's because you're not looking for it. You're not answering it. Hey, listen, I'm speaking personal testimony here. I don't want victory. I want the sin. Not every time. Don't get nervous. (laughs) But there are certainly times I I don't want victory over the temptation. I, I want the sin that I'm tempted by. There's no lack of victory. There's a lack of my desire for victory. Uh, provision for needs, freedom from anxiety. Isaiah 41.10. Do not be afraid. I'm with you. That's all I need to know. That's all I need to know. I am with you. Boy, if we believed that, right? Do not fear. I'm with you. All of these things come because God is with us. Now, this is kind of cool, this whole God being with us. But that also means he is with us when we sin, right? He sees all of it. He sees everything you've done. He hears every word you spoke this week. He hears the words that didn't come all the way out. For just a moment, you were smart enough to keep it in. But he still heard it. He still knows it's floating around in there being muttered in your brain. He, he sees all that sin. You know, next week, uh, next Sunday, we're going to look at the omniscience of God. God's all-knowing. And, and while in these omnipresent and omnipotent, we've kind of looked at it in a real broad context. Next week, we're going to look at omniscience. Specifically, God's all-knowing. God always hears and sees one thing, our sin. Why would I want to know that? Why, why would I want to be thankful for that? Folks, nothing makes his offer of love and forgiveness more genuine than the fact he knows just how bad you really are. Hey, you ever, you ever ask somebody for forgiveness? They caught you or you just went ahead and, and told them and, and, and you asked for forgiveness. And the truth is you confess to about a five Because that's all they think you did was about a five. So as long as that's what you think, that's what I'm saying I'm sorry for. Even though I really did something at about an eight. So we're good. You've forgiven me and I've said I'm sorry. And now I just hope you don't ever find out. Boy, that adds a lot of stress to life, doesn't it? 
I don't ever have to live in that stress with, I'm getting into next week's sermon. What am I doing? Come back next week. But, but let me tell you something. We're going we're gonna to combine that with taking the Lord's Supper. And you're, they're, they're really going to go together well. So, but let, let's back, back to today. What are we, um, what am I talking about? Omnipresence. God's everywhere. What are we thankful for that God is everywhere? Number one, you're going to love this. This is the most exciting thing I've said all month long. Because God is everywhere, your prayers do not, do not have to reach heaven. You ever thought about that? I wonder, again, how many of us in this room have ever said, man, sometimes I just don't even, I don't even feel like my prayers get past the ceiling. Ever thought that? Your prayers don't have to get past the ceiling. Your prayers don't have to get one inch past your mouth. God, God's there. God hears. And because God is there with you, he hears every single prayer. Look at number two up here. Oh, bring up the list of things we're thankful for. You don't have to find God. Because God's everywhere, you don't have to find God. The very second your heart is interested in God, his existence, his will, his love, his forgiveness, any moment you have something you want to know about God, he's already there. Man, what, what if finding God was up to my goodness? What if it was up to how spiritually in tune I was or how spiritually sharp I, I'd be in trouble? I don't know, but I know how some of y'all would be lost as a ball in tall weeds. No, I, it's, it's not dependent upon me. The moment my heart desires him, that, wow, well, man, I won't be near God. Boom, he's there. He's already there. How about this next one? Look here. You can't hide from God. Now, you, you're... You read that, you think, no, wait a minute, am I, am I thankful for that? It seems like there'd be some places that might be good. But, folks, God is the source of all goodness. There's no goodness apart from God. Everything you tasted that you enjoyed, that comes from God. Every pleasure you've had, that comes from God. Walking outside and seeing it's a beautiful day, that's from God. The beautiful day is from God. The ability to see it is from God. The ability to feel it is from God. Every good thing is from God. Now, we take some good things and we make them bad because we use them wrongly, right? We take some good things and we begin to worship them. So we break them. But still, God is the source of every single good thing. God's the source of good. God's the source of light. God's the source of truth. I can go on and on. So if I could find a place that God was not, if I could find a place to hide from him, then I would have just found a place that is devoid of all good. That is utter darkness. That is an utter lie. And you want to know something sad? I'm just dumb enough to go looking for it. And every single one of my sins proves it. When you realize how you and I will go looking for that place, aren't you grateful it doesn't exist? Aren't you thinking, man, God, I'm thankful I can't hide from you. And you know what? Because God is everywhere, folks, you don't have to explain anything. Yet You ever needed somebody... Needed their help, and so you had to go and explain to them what that person did or what is happening. And 
and they're not getting it. <laughs> maybe they don't understand what you're saying. Maybe they don't trust you. Maybe, maybe they're just, whatever the case, they're just, you're trying to explain, you're trying to plead, you're trying to get them to see how important this is, how big this is, how, how serious this is. You're trying to make the case for why you need them to move, why you need them to. None of that is ever, ever, ever necessary with God. You don't have to explain anything because he was there. He's always there. As a matter of fact, he knows more about the situation than you do. If the entirety of the situation is inside you, he knows more about the situation than you do. And aren't you grateful that God is everywhere? Hey, let's take a moment and just thank him for that. Just bow our head, close our eyes as we enter this Thanksgiving season. And, and just think about some of the things you're thankful for. We, we did this last week. We, we shared with each other. I'm thankful for a job. I'm thankful for health. I'm thankful for my family. Maybe you're thankful for, for something that got taken care of this week. You got a good report. See if you can attach some of those things you really enjoy, that you really love, that you're really grateful for right now. If you can understand how God being here, God being present, how maybe that doesn't happen if he's not right there. Take a moment. Just tell God what it, what it means to you that he is everywhere present, that he is always with you, that you, you can't hide from him. God, thank you that you are always with us. And Lord, I know I say for myself, and I'm sure I speak on behalf of many of us, God, I'm, I'm sorry for what I make you watch sometimes. I'm sorry for what I make you hear sometimes. You have loved and you have forgiven and you have been so patient. And that just means there's some things I'm just rubbing in your face if you're always there. Lord, Lord, we're sorry for our sin. We're sorry that we would go looking for a place that we feel like affords more than you, offers us more than you. You're the only tower of safety. You're the only tower of good. And you are that tower because I've been given the opportunity to know the name Jesus. I've been given the opportunity by your grace and by your goodness. Not, my, not how sharp I am spiritually, but by your grace, God, I can say the name Jesus. And Jesus, you're always with me. You promised you would be with me. You would be with us always. 
Lord, I, I pray right now that maybe we would think about some of the, the fears we have, some of the challenges we've got coming in the coming week or the remainder of the year, and how we've looked at that, and maybe how we've looked at that devoid of the thought that you're with us. There's an anxiety, there's a fear, there's a confusion because we're not acting in light of the truth that you are with us as we take that on. God, thank you that you are always with us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.